Hello and welcome to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny. Today is Thursday, October 12th. I hope you're having a wonderful day. How's your Thursday going? How's your Thursday going? It's almost Friday. We're getting through the week. I want to say welcome if this is your first time listening. My Daily Trivia is a 10-round quiz show with no specific themes, no specific topics, and no specific categories. We do, however, have a new episode every day. Monday through Friday, we take the weekends off, but Monday through Friday, each day gets progressively harder. So, of course, today is Thursday, which means that today will be relatively challenging, at least compared to the other days of the week. Now, as always, if you find this episode to be a bit too much of a challenge, I encourage you to listen to our other episodes all throughout the week, including tomorrow on Friday. You never know, you might surprise yourself, you might know the answer to a pretty challenging question. On the other hand, if you're one of those folks who thinks that this episode, this Thursday episode, is a little too simple, well, why don't you tune in tomorrow on Friday, where we make it the hardest day of the week. So, without any further preamble, without any further delay, let's get into today's round of questions with question number one. What famous term did Winston Churchill use to describe the Cold War? And that term was the Iron Curtain. The Iron Curtain is a political metaphor used to describe the political boundary dividing Europe into two separate areas from the end of World War II in 1945 until the end of the Cold War in 1991. The term symbolizes the effort by the Soviet Union to block itself and its satellite states from open contact with the West, its allies, and neutral states. Its popularity as a Cold War symbol is attributed to its use in a speech by Winston Churchill that was given on the 5th of March in 1946 in Fulton, Missouri, soon after the end of World War II. Now, I looked it up, and Winston Churchill did not, in fact, invent this term. It was invented by some author back then, but he was the one that used it and gave it its popularity. So once again, that term used to describe the Cold War was the Iron Curtain. Moving on to question number two. What country has the most natural lakes? And that country is Canada. The country with the most natural lakes in the world is Canada. And it's by a lot. They have a lot of lakes. In fact, Canada consists of 879,000 lakes, more lakes than all other countries combined. Canada contains about 62% of the world's 1.42 million lakes. Now, this might not be a surprise because Canada is the second largest country in the world after Russia. But if you're wondering why Russia has less than a quarter of the number of lakes that Canada does, it is because the vast majority of Canada was once situated under a large ice sheet. 
the huge weight of the ice sheet and glacial erosions led to the filling up of the landscape with water, so much so that lake cover counts for almost 9% of Canada's surface area. Now, I live in Minnesota, which has the most lakes, and if you're in Wisconsin, don't even try to correct me because you count it differently. Okay, but in Minnesota, we have the most lakes in the uh, in the country, in the United States, outside of Alaska, because we're very similar in that regard to Canada. We had that ice sheet down here as well and left us with over 15,000 lakes. But globally, when we're looking for lakes, we can look to Canada. Moving on to question number three. Before hosting the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, Joe Rogan was an amateur competitor in what combat sport? And that sport was Taekwondo. At the age of 14, Joe Rogan took up karate and started Taekwondo about a year later. When he was 19, he won the U.S. Open Championship Taekwondo Tournament as a lightweight. He was a Massachusetts full-contact state champion for four consecutive years and became a Taekwondo instructor. He also practiced amateur kickboxing and held a 2-1 record. He retired from competition at the age of 21 as he began to suffer from frequent headaches and feared that he might end up sustaining even worse injuries. He then went on to become a successful comedian, actor, TV show host, UFC commentator, and of course, podcast host. Before all of that, he was a world-class Taekwondo competitor. Question number four. Outside of its home city, the St. Louis Bread Company is more popularly known as what chain restaurant? And people in St. Louis, you guys know this one. This one is Panera. Panera Bread is an American chain store of bakery, cafe, fast, casual restaurants with over 2,000 locations, all of which are in the United States and Canada. Its headquarters are in Sunset Hills, Missouri. The company operates as St. Louis Bread Company in the greater St. Louis area, where it has over 100 locations. Offerings include bakery items, pasta, salads, sandwiches, soups, and specialty drinks. As of 2020, the menu also added flatbread pizzas, which I've heard are fairly good. Now, Aubonpin Company, a public company, purchased the St. Louis Bread Company in 1993 for $23 million. Later on in 1997, Aubonpin company changed the company name to Panera from a word that has roots in the Latin word for bread basket. So once again, originally known as the St. Louis Bread Company, now known nationally as Panera Bread. Moving on to question number five. Greenland became fully integrated with what country in 1953?
and that country is the country of Denmark. Greenland is a North American autonomous territory of the Kingdom of Denmark. It is the largest country within the kingdom and one of three countries which form the kingdom, the others being Denmark proper and the Faroe Islands. The citizens of all three countries are citizens of Denmark. When Denmark and Norway separated, Greenland became Danish in 1814 and was fully integrated in the Danish state in 1953 under the Constitution of Denmark, which made the people in Greenland citizens of Denmark. So, I feel like many people do not realize that Greenland is not, in fact, its own sovereign country. It is, in fact, attached to Denmark. Moving on to question number six. Which infamous prison was stormed on July 14th, 1718? And that infamous prison was the Bastille in Paris. The storming of the Bastille occurred in Paris, France, on the 14th of July, 1789, when revolutionary insurgents attempted to storm and seize control of the medieval armory, fortress, and political prison known as the Bastille. After considerable fighting, the governor of the fortress allowed the insurgents to enter the Bastille. Contrary to what had been agreed, the insurgents then killed the governor. The Bastille then represented royal authority in the center of Paris. Now, the prison contained only seven inmates at the time of its storming, and it was actually already scheduled for demolition, but it was seen by the revolutionaries as a symbol of the monarch's abuse of power, and its fall was the flashpoint of the French Revolution. So once again, July 14th, 1789, the infamous prison of the Bastille was stormed in Paris. Question number seven. What was the title of Elvis Presley's first number one hit song on the Billboard Hot 100 chart released in 1956? And that song was The Heartbreak Hotel. Heartbreak Hotel is a song recorded by American singer Elvis Presley. It was released as a single on January 27, 1956, Presley's first on his new record label, RCA Victor. The single topped the Billboard Top 100 for seven weeks, Cashbox's uh, pop single chart for six weeks, and the Country and Western chart for 17 weeks, as well as reaching number three on the R&B chart, becoming Presley's first million-seller one of the best-selling singles of 1956. Heartbreak Hotel achieved unheard-of feats as it reached the top five of country and western, pop, and rhythm and blues charts simultaneously. Now, fun fact, or rather, I guess, it's not a fun fact, it's maybe more of an interesting fact. The song was actually inspired by a newspaper article about a lonely man who jumped from a hotel window uh, presumably over some heartbreak. 
So that's the story of the Heartbreak Hotel, which was Elvis Presley's first number one hit song on the Billboard Hot 100. Question number eight. The isthmus of what country connects Costa Rica and Colombia and therefore links North America to South America? And that country is Panama. The Isthmus of Panama, also historically known as the Isthmus of Darien, is the narrow strip of land that lies between the Caribbean Sea and the Pacific Ocean, linking North and South America. It contains the country of Panama and the Panama Canal. Like many Isthmuses, it is a location of great geopolitical and strategic importance, it is now, of course, the site of the famous Panama Canal that connects the Pacific and Atlantic Oceans. Now, if you want a challenge, try to say the word isthmuses. That's the plural for isthmus. Try to say that three times in a row. I won't do it myself. I've already said it multiple times in the answer to this question. But if you're driving to work and want a challenge, there you go. There's a good one for you. But we all know that that isthmus is part of Panama. Moving on to question number nine. What Chinese tech company owns TikTok, the popular short-form video sharing app? And that company is ByteDance. ByteDance LTD is a Chinese internet technology company headquartered in Beijing and incorporated in the Cayman Islands. Founded by Zhang Yiming, Liang Rubo, and a team of others in 2012, ByteDance developed the video sharing social network service and apps TikTok and Chinese-specific counterpart Douyin. The company is also the developer of the news platform Tutail. Now, as of June 2021, ByteDance hosts 1.9 billion monthly active users across all of its platforms, which is quite a staggering number. I mean, 1.9, let's just call it 2 billion, right? 2 billion people. Well, if you think of the Earth's population, the total global population is about 9 billion, which means that about 1 in 9 people are using something that is put out by ByteDance, quite impressive. So that's uh, the Chinese company ByteDance, the owner of TikTok, the popular, almost overly popular, short-form video, video app. Moving on to our final question of the day, it's question number 10. What is the hottest planet in the solar system? And that planet, that smoking hot planet, is Venus. Although it's similar in structure and size to Earth, Venus has a thick atmosphere that traps heat in a runaway greenhouse effect, making it the hottest planet in our solar system. It has an average surface temperature of 869 degrees Fahrenheit, which is equivalent to about 465 degrees Celsius. 
Now compare that to the coldest planet, which is Uranus. Uranus holds the record for the coldest temperature ever measured in the solar system, a very chilly negative 371 degrees Fahrenheit, roughly equivalent to negative, negative 224 degrees Celsius. Now you might try to remember that one because that one could be a pretty good trivia question later on. What is the coldest planet in the solar system? But for now, we're talking the hottest. And the hottest there, that one, that answer again, is Venus. Now that will conclude this round of My Daily Trivia. If you found this round to be a bit too simple, well, we have good news. You can tune in tomorrow on Friday. It's going to be the hardest day of the week. If you found this episode to be a bit too challenging for you, I still think you should listen to tomorrow's episode. You might have a good time. As always, we want to encourage you to tell your friends, tell your family about our show. We're trying to grow the show here, make it the biggest trivia podcast in the world. And I think we can do it with your help, of course. I want to thank all of you again for listening to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny, and I will see all of you tomorrow.